4: All right, and we are back, Drive Radio, hour number two, KLZ 560. Myself, Ken Rackley, Charlie Grimes, of course, our engineer, Larry Younger answering phones, which are number, 303-477-5600. Give us a call. We'll get your questions answered. Mark in Denver, you are next. Hello, Mark. Yeah,
3: I was calling about yeah, I had a 2005 Toyota Sequoia, Okay, and we t- had it taken in, the engine light came on with the, uh, the V or the VSC track light oh sure, and the track light off, and it, it comes up saying I have to change the sensors or the fuel cap, and we've actually changed actually' it was bank to sensor one, we've done all that, but the light keeps coming back on. What else could cause that?:
5: Circuit issues in a lot of cases, uh, so the the wiring going to that sensor could be having an issue. Is it, it was it a lean code or a heater circuit code or what kind of code was it?
3: Uh, I don't remember the code number, but when we looked it up, it just said uh, bank two sensor one or fuel cap. Huh? And said so it said also possibly a leak. But I'm not sure where you but you would check for leaks.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. Any exhaust leaks. Uh, th- Hard to say if there's I, – I don't know what code it is, so I don't know if it's an electronic issue or if it's a switching issue or or what. But the gas cap and the oxygen sensor are two different systems, so it wouldn't really be related to one to the other, I guess, so to speak.
3: Okay. And then I do have a second question on a 7.3 uh, power stroke. Okay. Uh. I was coming over the pass, and I blew the motor out of my truck. I I lost compression on the last two, the rear two cylinders. And so I'm looking at putting a new motor in it. What what way would you recommend? They're looking at either putting a used one in, a remand one, or one from Ford for economic reasons. What would would you recommend? Well, I mean, economically, it's
4: always cheap to run a used one, although longevity-wise would probably not be... My number one choice what's your price difference from say you know what what Ford's offering through you know their program well, they, versus the others?
3: They went and pretty much did a whole topside before they realized the compression was out, so they've got all these valve cover gaskets and then the electronic gaskets the uh, turbo pedestal right and the uh, high pop and so I thought about just going with a, a long block uh, the it was six thousand, sixty-eight hundred dollars for them to put a used one in, which had one hundred fifty thousand on it. Then it was uh, eighty-nine hundred for a reman, and almost eleven grand. And this is all all the work done and installed for a factory. That's all rewired. They all they do is plug it in.
4: So it's eleven k for the new one. Yeah. That's what I would
5: do. I would too. I, I, the warranty's probably a ton better, and you're starting and and that engine's probably not new. That's a remanufactured from Ford, probably. Or did they okay. say? did Did they say one way or the other?
3: They just had a new motor from Ford. So okay. they said. They didn't say if it was a reman. They just told me the reman is basically about two grand cheaper.
5: Oh, okay. okay. If you yeah, uh, if you can
4: do a new one for the eleven, um, yeah, yeah, yeah probably that's be what I, best I would plan. do. Yep. yep. Again, if you're going to keep the vehicle long term, which you already know the value of, I mean, even those vehicles that are you know totally beat up are worth a fortune. So uh, that vehicle is definitely worth putting the money back into. Yeah, I mean a new, and as you know, a full di- full bore new diesel truck marks ninety grand.
3: Yeah, no, and you know this one's paid for, so, so yeah, exactly.
4: Right. Is it worth putting for eleven in? Grand. Absolutely. Is it yeah. worth putting twenty in? Absolutely. Yeah, it is
3: exactly. All right, sounds good. Thank
4: you. You're very welcome, Mark. Yeah, on those, that's uh, uh those diesels are not cheap. So right. Three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred is our number. Call in. You can text us. I've got some of those coming in. By the way, a few more movies that came in on the text line. Heart like a wheel. That's a Shirley Muldowney racing movie. And then oh, yeah. of course, Cannonball Run, which is a great movie. And then Hildalgo was the one I mentioned earlier. Somebody said, can you spell that so you can find it on. Netflix, It's I believe it's H-I-L-D-A-G-O, Hildago.
5: It's either, yeah, H-I I'll or look H-A, up. but,
4: uh, yeah. I will look it up just to double-check to make sure or, that.
5: It's actually H I D H I D A L G O. Hidalgo.
4: Hidalgo, right. Exactly. Hidalgo. So yeah. Hidalgo, Hidalgo. So H-I-D-A-L-G-O, Hildalgo. And by the way, sometimes when you type that in, the spell check will Screw it up. So yeah, just yeah. put it in that way. You'll, you'll find it. Um, I believe the, uh, the main character in that was, who you've seen in a lot of other movies is, I think, I think I'm saying this right, it's, uh, it's Frank Hopkins is the, is the actor's name, but he plays Viggo Mortensen. Actually, no, that's the actor. Viggo yeah. Mortensen plays Frank Hopkins. Sorry, I got there, that backwards. So yeah. Viggo Mortensen, by the way, is the actor. You've seen him in a lot of other different movies and such as well. And a great actor, by the way. It's a great movie. It's got a 4.7 audience rating, which tells you how good. Yeah. 4.7 out of 5. That was just... So it tells you how good of a movie it is.
5: Right, exactly. It's it's, it's an inspirational type thing, type... It really know, is. It's yeah, a great movie.
4: You, All right, I got time, right. which I don't normally always have. So I've got some time uh, to do a... I've got a few car reviews because I was gone for a couple of weeks there that I need to get in. I've got one I'm going to do on the Ford Bronco, but I think I'm going to hold off on that one until my son Richard and I can both do that one together. So what I'm going to do is right now I've got a, a brand new car review for a lot of you truck guys. It's the GMC 1500, and this was the AT4 diesel that I drove here recently. So for those of you that are in the truck market, and I know trucks right now are very difficult to find okay i get that uh if you've never driven a diesel this half ton diesel on the gm side is unlike any of the other diesels by the way that i've driven from the other manufacturers and i'm not just saying that because i'm partial to one brand or another i'm just being very honest the inline six cylinder duramax diesel that they're putting in these half ton trucks they're doing them in the trucks the suburbans and the yukons my son actually owns a suburban with one of these in it Absolutely phenomenal. You would not know you're driving a diesel engine unless you looked to see what fuel you had to put in it. Right? Ken, you've got a friend that actually has yeah, one? Yeah,
5: my brother-in-law bought one in '21, and we were—he was, you know, carting us around in Arizona, and and you know, it had the start-stop when we'd come to a light and we'd go to take off and it would start. And I can't remember what made me because just riding in it would not know that there's no diesel sound. There's nope, nothing. No smell. And, no nothing. Right. Exactly. And Something, um, I can't remember what it was, but I'm like, oh, this is diesel. And I I can't remember what triggered that, but I'm like... They work fabulous. We rode around in it for two days and did not know.
4: They have got great torque. They've got great power. They've got great high-end power. I mean, about the only difference that I can see driving this vehicle from some of the other gas-engined vehicles that they have is literally the top end power so if you're pulling out into traffic really have your foot in it is the bigger v8 that they you know the the, the six two liters uh the bigger v8 is it going to have more top-end power in that particular situation yes but outside of that and by the way i'm talking this is minuscule when when it's all said and done sure outside of that does this diesel engine do every single thing you want it to do It absolutely does. In fact, for a lot of you that are just towing uh, lighter weight trailers and so on, uh, literally, this thing would do what a lot of the other three-quarter counterparts will be doing instead. And you can do it in a lot less vehicle, which gets better fuel economy. These things will get in the mid-20s, by the way, all day long. I was. I drove the AT4 edition, which comes with a lot of other features on it. In fact, I really like the side running boards that it comes with. It's really set up very well. So they've done a really great job. Inst- interior storage capacity, the interior itself. Now, they are going to be doing a refresh this year mid-year. What are they going to name the new ones? Are they going to be 22s or 23s? I think they're still going to be 22s. They're just going to be a refresh of that current half-ton version. Now, all that to be said, the current version, not a bad interior at all. They've done a nice job on them. It still has the you know the eight-inch screen uh, in the middle of the dash. So there you know it's not bad. Although the new interior is going to be super super nice. But if that's not something that's a big concern for you, and you can find one of these right now on any of the lots that are out there, and you can make a deal on it, I would. I love the AT4 options on this GMC 1500. Again, this is the diesel version. Works absolutely fabulous. I've got. Nothing but praise for this thing, it along with its transmission. And I drove this thing in some of the heavier snow we had that was in Denver at the time I had the vehicle. And I tell you what, this thing in the snow with the tires that were on it and so on, fully equipped, this thing is a snow buster. Literally, you can go anywhere you want to go in this vehicle. It's absolutely fabulous, one of my favorite vehicles, so much so. I'm thinking about buying one. That's how much I actually enjoyed this vehicle. So if that tells you anything, uh, there you've got my vote of approval on the GMC 1500 AT4 diesel version. Fabulous vehicle. Check it out at your local GMC dealer. If and when you do, please tell them that John Rush and Richard Rush from Drive Radio and Rush to Reason sent you. All right, guys. With that, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got lines open. 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio. KLZ 560.
2: Geno's Auto Service in Littleton is your go-to shop for all your car care and vehicle maintenance needs. For over 38 years, Genos has been serving customers along the front range. Take advantage of savings on all of Gino's premium Napa auto batteries. Stop in for a free battery check. The team at Geno's are big believers in catching problems before they start. Take advantage of their free multi-point inspection. They'll evaluate your vehicle, looking at your fluid levels, belts hoses, and filters. And remember, any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with a NAPA Peace of Mind warranty, covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. They're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Take advantage of Gino's free battery check this month Stop in or visit them online at Autoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J.
0: Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance oil change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making.
6: BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards. Find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic. Keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them and be polite don't say anything and don't give any information than is asked if you feel it's necessary record the traffic stop and then if you need any legal help call kevin flesh at flesh law firm kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents so put this number into your phone 303-806-8886 you can also find kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com kevin flesh flesh law firm and proud sponsor of drive radio
4: All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thank you all for listening, by the way. We appreciate it very much. 303-477-5600 is our number. And if you've got a question for us, please let us know. You can text us as well. Uh, 307-200-8222. 307-200-8222. Question of the day is favorite racing movies and by the way it can be car or otherwise like i said earlier it could be snails racing i don't care whatever you whatever you have just uh, let me know and uh, all right so i got one coming in from weatherford texas by the way thank you all for streaming us down there we appreciate that very much has a used 2021 super duty diesel with 20,000 miles it has the chatter on the brakes right at 65 miles an hour, like our earlier Forerunner caller, Mike. It shakes at 65 miles an hour then, uh, when coming down from highway speeds. Dealer says they'll spin the rotors, and I know better. Is there any upgrades to those that you know of? Yes, there is on that one as well. So they do make upgraded brakes even for those SuperDs. But really, frankly, folks, there's probably only a handful of vehicles on the road today that there's not. Upgraded brakes made for because that whole upgraded brake world has just exploded in literally the last probably 10 years, but five years even more so, where there's a gazillion different people out there making upgraded brakes for most vehicles on the road. So, yes, there are upgraded brakes you can do for those heavier trucks. My son has a 2016 Super Duty Platinum diesel with 81,000 miles that we've owned since day one, always serviced at four dealers, and was just asking how long he should keep it. uh, you, today's
5: market as long as you as can as you want to keep driving you're it. right and it's not going to go down in value much that's for sure
4: no there's and, mean, and real quick just on the used car thing by the way because i i kind of put myself out there probably six months ago or so and even as we got towards the end of the year and said listen there's a lot of folks out there commenting journalists and so on even folks inside the manufacturing world saying oh yeah this chip shortage and we'll have vehicles back up and running and we'll have good inventory by the end of 2022 no Gonna it ain't going to be the end of 2023, folks. They haven't cured the problem yet. We're already now starting into almost March. Next week is March. There's all there, there's stories out there of thousands of Broncos, for example, sitting on lots around Michigan that they can't get finished and delivered to the end customer. So the reality is, no, this isn't done yet. No, it's not fixed. There's certain vehicles that they're Putting the option on the vehicle, but it's not turned on per se, quote unquote, until the right chip comes in where they'll deliver the vehicle to the you know, owner, or they'll just not allow you to buy certain options on certain vehicles. And and those things are still existing right now. So the bottom line is, no, none of this has been fixed yet. The parts supply shortages and the chip shortages especially are not fixed. You're still going to have really good, I believe, solid used car prices all of 2022. And I'll go out on a limb and say all of 2023. Yeah. You may Mm -hmm. see it fixed by 2024, but I'm not even going to guarantee that yet until I see some of this, you know, problem resolved.
7: Well,
5: so the demand is even getting higher, but the it, it's not getting filled. That's right. I, I mean, it, it, the production is still way down on right. the stuff that—
4: yeah, And, it, and it, to Ken's point, keep in mind, folks, the amount of just fleet use, government, rental, and so on vehicles that are bought and they're needed every single solid year, they're not even meeting that demand right now. Right. So until some of that is met and they can supply the retail sector then on top of it— it isn't fixed, and it's not right. fixed yet, folks. Exactly. So anybody that you hear out there saying, oh, yeah, this used car market bubble is going to happen any moment, they're smoking crack. Yeah. They're lying to you. And, yeah. and I saw some of these things on social media last summer talking about how the used car market was going to be back in the not-too-distant future, and this bubble would be over. Those guys were smoking crack. It's not over yet. Yeah. And it's not yeah. going to be for quite some time. So right. that's my prediction. So as far as that 2016, yeah, you could drive it as long as you want to, by the way. Yep. All right, MC and Thornton, you're up, sir.
8: Hey, John, really appreciate your show. Always uh, like to dial in and, and provide uh, any information I can. And I wanted to comment on that earlier call about the Sequoia. Yes. Um, we have a 2003 Sequoia. We had the check engine, VSC, and traction off lights come on. And it can be so many different things. Yep. It really needs to have it professionally scanned. Sure, um the when, stuff and, I looked up, and with my scanner, I thought, hey, it's uh, it's the um, uh, EVAP canister, uh-huh. which is a, a pretty known fault on those. You know, right. we've got 260,000 miles, but it wasn't that. Right. So we had it scanned, and it turned out to be a knock sensor.
4: Ah, sure.
8: Faulty yeah. knock sure. sensor. Yeah. Sure, sure.
5: Well, and and just so everybody knows, some of the manufacturers, so when that check engine light comes on, it automatically turns all the, all those other lights on. Not right. necessarily a problem with that system, the, the ABS and all that stuff, the traction control and things like that. It's just it disables those systems because it it relates to the engine computer, and if right. the engine computer can't work right, then it doesn't want those to try
8: to kick in when right. when they're on. So exactly right i was thinking okay this has to be something tied into the abs system or the master cylinder and you know you right. go down no. that road and it's not that and then it's you know a lot of people having this evap canister problem so who knows why but somehow the knock sensor inside yep. yeah and great it's a point. Pretty big job. It's like thirteen hundred bucks. Right. No. Uh, yeah. To it's in there there the, it the
4: yeah, it's inside the intake. Yeah. No. Exactly. I, it. Great point, MC. You're, you're yeah. spot on. Yeah. Hundred well, percent.
5: And two. So if you have an ABS problem, it will not turn the check engine light on. So if just your ABS right. traction and and slip lights and stuff like that are on, and the check engine lights not, then that system is right. you know is where the problem is at but if the check engine light usually comes on first within a minute or two and then the other systems lights will come on and shut down. So
4: Toyota was really weird when it came to some of that MC. I mean even Subaru back in too. the back in yeah. the old days, sometimes you'd have a charging problem and it would turn the brake light on. Yeah. That was very common back in the early days of Toyota. So they they do some weird things along those lines and you'd be looking at things that had nothing to do with the brakes when it all had a charging problem.
5: Yeah. One, <laughs> right. and when all the manufacturers kind of, well, not all of them, but as battery voltage drops, yep. those systems, That's especially right. your ABS, they pull a lot of power. That's right. So if that battery, if your alternator quits charging as you're driving down the road, the battery light might not come on. That's right. It might not, it might, but as you drive and that battery gets lower, your ABS, your airbag, your right. all those other systems are going to start turning lights on because there's not enough voltage to power those.
4: That's why why MC, good technicians, and I say good because not all of them are when it comes to diagnostics, but one of the first things they teach you as a diagnostician is what Ken is saying is you've got to check all of your basics first. Do you have the right battery voltage? Do you have the right charge coming out of the alternator? Is the starting system working properly? Those are all the basics, which, by the way, MC, you'd be surprised how many technicians that claim to be diagnosticians don't do what I just said.
8: Right. Yep right exactly and yeah. for anybody else out there who's you know uh running this uh, sequoia uh scenario they are, it has just been a tank it's been a great vehicle you know i think we're at 270,000 miles oh, you know yeah. if you if yep. you keep up with the the only uh, issues they had was, was the depending upon pump. the
4: year where the the brakes were garbage
8: yeah, yeah. I've got bigger rotors on there. there you go, and uh, I did the adaptive. There you one go. Brake pad. Oh, and, good. Yeah. And uh, that was the biggest weak link. If you, know, you got
4: that fixed, you're right, MC. They'd last forever. They go. Yeah.
8: Yeah, and it's so utility. I mean, yep. You know, we can get so many people in there. and all Have the you seen hot the new stuff. one? By it's the way, and a
4: great vehicle. Did you see the new iterations oh, of the yeah. new one yet? just
8: incredible. I think they're almost $100,000 when you get everything you want in. It is.
4: What a machine, though. I mean, it's abs, and i seen, it's seen it's one in person. It's years, absolutely beautiful. You know? Yeah.
8: Yeah, and if you can keep that thing on the road for 15 or 20 years, it makes sense why it, does. it is so expensive. Yeah, it makes it sure. worth it. Yeah, yeah exactly.
4: exactly. Yeah, No, you're right. Well, right. Thanks,
8: guys. It, I always appreciate it.
4: MC, thank you very much. Also appreciate you calling in and giving us an update on that as well. And he's right. We, we, you know, not, not that you know, we could go on and on for hours on why you diagnose things correctly. Yeah. Because well, any of these things can go down all sorts of different tracks.
5: Right. When, like he said, there's so many things. But if you're using a code reader,
4: you're not getting throw that, that thing
5: in the trash. Yeah and, and get that. an actual scanner because most of the time when people come in from AutoZone and and, and they refer us, and, and, and we're fine, we right. do a good job with Whatever. that. Right. But their code reader will pick up one or two codes. Well, we'll bring it in, and we'll have six or seven that they didn't pick up that are fully, you know, full-on right. related to the problem. So it's, you know, with replacing parts... It, Usually we have to start over from yep. there. So No, you're, no, you're, you're spot <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. Dave
4: and Thornton, you got a couple of questions? Go ahead, sir.
9: Yeah, I was uh, making a comment, actually, on uh, what you were talking about with the uh, chip shortage. There was an article I was reading earlier this week. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not, but the uh, consequence of the uh, Russian invasion of the Ukraine was that um, it's going to a disaster that chip issue because of uh, a certain... Mineral, that I, I, I can't recall what it is right now, but the one that caught my eye was they said uh, neon gas. That's necessary in the manufacture of those chips. And apparently they the world supply is somewhere in or around Ukraine. Sure you, you know,
4: I read something the other day a little bit about that, Dave. I'll be honest, being on vacation, I tried to kind of not do as much along those lines as I would. Normally do, but I did catch a few things on that. I've not investigated that thoroughly, but I did see something on that the other day. I just need to investigate it further, and I think you're correct on that. Yes.
9: Yeah, just a interesting. I mean, we we put ourselves in that, that situation with this um, big pandemic, and now we're dealing really affected with this uh, invasion. Yep. So, you know, yep. It just the economy terribly. Uh, question that I have for you guys was <clears throat> just something driving down the street and noticed it. What is the true difference between a Chevy truck and a GMC? And if there is no difference that I can tell, why do they still produce two different
4: lines? That's a great question. If I was in charge, and I've said this for years, and the Chevy guys are not going to like me saying this, but if I was in charge of GM and I was in Mary Barra's position, I would have killed the Chevrolet line of trucks years ago. I would have made Chevrolet their sports car division, building Corvettes, Camaros, and even some really nice, fast sedans. Mm -hmm. I would have had GMC building all of their SUVs and trucks. I would have Cadillac be the high-end premium line. And I'm missing some. Well, Buick is still there because of the China market, so you kind of got to do whatever you want to do with Buick. But I would have done it that way because, to your point, Dave, they come off the same lines. They come off the same platform. They are identical in every way with the exception of some some badging. And right now, GMC has the tri fold tailgate assembly thing you can only get on a gmc that you can't get on the chevy and the front ends are much different than they ever were before used to be they just put a different badge chevy versus gmc the front ends are different lighting wise and so on but as far as the truck itself is concerned they are the same
5: i i and just driving in different ones i almost think the gmc has more like insulation like in the doors and 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 maybe maybe the floor ins- just insulation wise because there's there seems to be less noise in the GMC that I've noticed compared to like the Yukons and the and that could and the be a trim
4: side it of it could be you know, yeah. Denalis for example are going right. to be a step above a could even a high well end be. you know yep. even the even well, the high country you know Chevy the Denali is still a step above that that's
5: true most of the GMCS that I've ridden are, are the are the Denalis they're going to have more like insulation so. and such to them it's a yeah. trim package and, yes and I, of course we see a lot more Chevys just because they're are a lot Correct. more of those on the road. But um, but to your point, Dave, but, yeah, they are the same truck. Yeah. Pop the hood, you would never oh. notice and, a difference. And for everybody um, listening, and it, I'm thing.
4: sorry, Escalade guys, but an Escalade is just a fancy Yukon. Yeah, exactly. Fancy Tahoe. Uh, one
9: last question. One last question for you. Um, last couple of days when it's been really brutally cold, I've got to park my truck outside. So every now and then, you know, we'll go out there to start morning and it, it, it lets off this loud you know, whine mm-hmm. until it warms up. I was contemplating putting on, I, I knew they used to do it, I don't know if they still manufacture it. If you could make a recommendation for a uh, block heater, would that help at all? Or
5: What kind of noise want? does it make, and what kind of vehicle is it?
9: It's a GMC pickup,
4: an 2 okay. Uh, an 2 I mean, yeah, I would want to put an actual block heater in it, not one that goes in the heater hose or the radiator hose, but there's not one in it already? Yeah, I was going to say. A lot of those already had them. them. Yeah.
9: Mine didn't come with it from the background.
4: Okay. Uh, easy to add on those. Yeah. I would just have someone put one in it. Yeah, just the block heater that goes in the freezer. Not hard. Yeah.
9: So, yeah. is there a, a brand that you recommend that you've had luck with? Because I know you were.
4: Doing Napa that. sells them. I would just get their in-block heater. There's only going to be one or two choices from Napa. Right. There's not. Th- yeah, they're all made by the same company, yep. I believe. So, yeah. All right. All right. And by the way, real all quick, guys. I looked up Dave while you were talking. Sorry if I seemed like I was not. Talking like Ken was, because I wasn't. I was actually looking up, uh, because you really had me going on the the, uh, the, the stuff coming is? out of Ukraine. A Wall Street Journal had an article yesterday. So much of the supply of neon gas and palladium, both needed to make semiconductors, comes from Russia and the Ukraine. Yeah. So there you go. Further exasperating. So, so by the way, all these pundits that said earlier our our car end of things would be back to normal by really this summer, those guys are smoking crack. It's not going to happen.
9: Yeah. And so, there again, you know, I was sitting there thinking about what really is our interest, strategic national interest in Ukraine. Who cares? But now that we've got Oh, there's a lot
4: of national interest in Ukraine, by the way. I can talk more about this this next week on Rush to Reason. But there's a laundry list of things we actually need to be concerned about when it comes to Russia and Ukraine. And it's not just on the military end of things. There, there are things that the world needs coming out of Ukraine that we do not want Russia to control.
9: Exactly. So uh, that, that, once I thought that it was going to be a pretty limited in scope, I think it's probably going to expand just because of what we need to get out of that, that region.
4: I think you are correct, Dave, unfortunately. All right, sir. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Good phone call, by the way. And so, yes, uh, that even though that's something going on, uh, it's not a a direct relative of what we talk about in the car world. It does impact the car world because what's going on right now between Russia and Ukraine, and it's a war. We can. Candy coated all we want to, but there's a war going on right now as we speak. And yes, even Wall Street Journal is saying that that could put a big dent in the chip maker supply lines. And by the way, when it says could, <laughs> it probably should say will. Yeah, exactly. I think they're being very nice when they say could. Mm-hmm. It will dent the chip maker supply lines. And, and by the way, there's other articles out there saying that it won't. Um, uh, again, I think those guys are smoking crack. It's going to. Anytime you have a war going on in a country, it's going to affect the things that are going on inside that country. Yeah,
5: exactly. Period. Yeah, exactly.
4: Imports, exports. I don't care how you want to slice it up. It's going to affect it, folks. And uh, depending upon how it goes over the next several days, we'll have a lot to do with what's happening here. So bottom line, I don't think you're going to see the supply shortage on the new car end of things change much. And frankly... If what we're seeing in this particular article happens, it could even get worse before it gets better. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
10: Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Kens & Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to talk about one of the most expensive components in your whole car, the transmission specifically the transmission fluid you see according to the automatic transmission rebuilders association or atra the number one cause for transmission failure is fluid failure and the number one cause for fluid failure is heat You see, most transmission fluids can last as long as 100,000 miles, as long as the fluid stays at or below 180 degrees. According to ATRA, for every 20 degree increase in the operating temperature of that fluid, the life of the fluid is halved. That means conditions like stop and go traffic, or mountain driving, or the terrible Colorado weekend combination of both can quickly lead to a severe degradation of transmission fluid, thusly significantly reducing the protection needed to keep that expensive component trouble-free and fun to drive. So, what should you do? At BG, we recommend replacing any fluid prior to the point of failure. In our experience, replacing the transmission fluid every 30,000 miles and treating the new fluid with an antioxidant conditioner will protect your car for life. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week.
6: As the cold comes in,
10: don't let the heat go out. Call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air for all of your HVAC electrical and boiler needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. They specialize in HVAC, boilers, and all your electrical needs. This is not the time of year to mess with heating issues. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, focused on doing the job right at an affordable price. They are a top-rated home services company with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. For a limited time, KLZ listeners who purchase a high-efficiency American Standard furnace will receive a free air purification system. Terms and conditions apply. Call now for an estimate on your new furnace. 720-526-0231.
2: For quality and service, don't compare. Call Absolute Electrical,
6: Heating and
1: Air. You might be misinformed about your home insurance policy, and while you're making the claim, is not the time to find out. Paul Lewinberger knows this and will educate you about the types of home insurance so you can make the right choices. There are three different kinds of home insurance. Structural home insurance covering the outside, liability insurance for if someone gets hurt on your property, and contents insurance for possessions inside the home. Paul knows that the insurance money received after a big loss is often not enough for total loss replacement. In fact, with other companies, there is no such thing as total loss replacement. That's unique to Paul. Make sure your coverage matches your premium. Otherwise, you can't have the peace of mind that you should have with insurance. Work with someone who will make sure you have the right policy. Call Paul Lewinberger at 303-662-0789 to learn about getting coverage that gives you peace of mind.
7: Get reconnected to your food at RanchFreshMeats.com. Many online and retail stores sell ground beef made from imported frozen beef trimmings. They thaw the beef trimmings overnight, ground the beef twice, and package it with labels that say, Product of the USA. This is a deceptive practice, but it is allowed under current U.S. labeling laws. The ground beef options at RanchFreshMeats.com are all sourced from small, family-owned companies right here in the United States. The processing plants they source from are all USDA-inspected, had third-party inspections for food safety and quality, and have state-of-the-art packaging systems. RanchFreshMeats.com sells Wagyu ground chuck from Morgan Ranch, organic beef sourced from domestic grass-fed beef cattle, and Barber's Farms ground beef made in Colorado from Colorado beef. Remove the mystery of where your meat comes from at RanchFreshMeats.com. For the rest of February, all orders over $100 will include a free package of Barber's Farms Colorado-made ground beef and a package of Beeler's award-winning nitrate-free bacon.
4: All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, again, real quick, back to the uh, the last caller, uh, MC, and uh, others of you that were talking about, you know, just different things when it comes to uh, Russia, Ukraine, and all of that. Uh, 40% to 50%. So 40 to 50% of the semiconductor-grade neon gas that they need to produce semiconductors comes from Russia and Ukraine. So basically half of what is needed to produce semiconductors comes from Russia and Ukraine. It is the neon gas used in lasers that help in the design and manufacturing of semiconductors and then 73 or sorry 37 percent of the world's palladium production comes from russia mines and the metal is used in sensor chips and certain types of computer memory so there you have it mickey in denver you're next hi hi mickey John. hey how are
10: you doing today good sir i'm doing i'm thinking that Smokey and the bandit is a race
4: because it, yes they
10: had a time race yeah for twenty twenty I'd be there in twenty eight hours. True. And for the guy with the GMC and the wine on my Sierra, it was the power steering pump and the belt not wanting to do well. Sure it, it it gives the wine for about a sure maybe a minute and then it goes away.
9: So that's my contribution for today.
4: You're awesome, Mickey, thank you. Appreciate that yeah. very much uh I want to really just get a couple of minutes here before we need to take our next break, and the used car slash new car market you are going to hear and i'm afraid that folks a lot of this gets sent down the pike from the manufacturers themselves, and do they have a stake in the information that comes out when it comes to their ability to produce automobiles? Absolutely, they do. Because if it becomes known that they cannot meet certain numbers of vehicles to be, you know, that they need to produce, it affects their stock value, their stock prices. So if you think for one second you're going to ever get a true statement from Ford, from even the likes of Toyota, the likes of General Motors, Uh, Stellantis, which is, you know, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, all of that. If you think you're going to get real true numbers from these guys on what's going on, think again. They have a lot at stake, and these CEOs do as well when it comes to their stock evaluation and how well they perform. And if you think for one second they're going to give you real-world numbers as to how many vehicles they're going to be able to produce, sell, and deliver to dealerships, think again. They will lie their way to the moon and back to protect their stock prices. Mm -hmm. And if anybody wants to argue with me on that, I would love to hear from you because I'd like to know how in the world you think they they do this and, and, and how honest they really are or are not when it comes to these things. Yes, I know there are laws in the SEC and blah, blah, blah when it comes to what these guys can and cannot say. But let me tell you what, they are going to stretch that line as far as they possibly can, and still be legal at the end of the day, and they will push that thing to the limit. And if you, on top of that, and I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here, because I'm not one of those, I'm a realist, but if you think for one second all of these guys are not in bed with the likes of the SEC and others, whereby they can get some of that stuff out to the marketplace in a different manner than what you would normally I would be shocked. In other words, are they in bed with all of the government entities to make things look better than they really are? Absolutely, they are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Again, if somebody wants to call and tell me otherwise, I'm all ears. But if you think for one second you're going to get honest numbers from any car manufacturer on what they're going to be able to produce in the year 2022 or 2023 for that matter, think again. You're not. Sorry. And I know that I drive a lot of vehicles and test drive vehicles, and I've got even some other reviews I need to do today. But if you think for one second these guys are going to be honest with you when it comes to these numbers and what they're going to be able to produce, they're guessing at best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. And, And the reason I say that is because we in this country don't control the chip manufacturing when it comes to what they need to build cars. So there's no way they can tell you that we're going to have these things back online by such and such a time. Unless they've got the chips sitting there ready to go, they, don't, they can't say that. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, they don't have them sitting there because they, for years and years and years, have worked off of JIT, Just-In-Time Delivery. That was a big deal in the manufacturing world, especially when it came to cars, by having just-in-time delivery. What I mean by that is they would have things showing up as the car is rolling down the assembly line. The parts might only have arrived the night before. Right, because you can't store that much. Right. So they would yeah. deliver it literally in the night for that next day's production, and they'd do that daily. Right. Well, with all of the shortages and everything else we've had, they're not. Mm-hmm. I can almost go out and tell you this. Mark my words, given what, we just, what I just read to you coming out of the Wall Street Journal. If we don't see some major shutdowns of assembly lines in the not-too-distant future, they'll call it anything else you can think of. Other than what it really is, we don't have the parts to make cars, so we're going to shut the line down. They'll have some other lame-brain excuse, and again, I know this gets a little bit conspiratorial. It's not. I'm just being very realistic with all of you. Don't be surprised if there's not some other health threat, quote-unquote, that pops up its ugly head, whereby they have to shut down assembly lines and the like. All because they're just not being honest with us. And folks, they're not. And they're not being honest, because I can still Google, I, I can look up any of the topics I'm talking about right now, and most folks will even say that, oh, this thing in Ukraine and Russia is not a big deal. There's a another article that's tomshardware.com, by the way, I don't know who Tom's Hardware is, but chip makers, the attack on Ukraine will not inflame chip shortages.
5: <laughs> yeah, sure. 50%? Yeah,
4: yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know yeah. who's, you know, again, this is fluff, folks. This is fluff that gets put out in the marketplace to ease fears so stock prices and other things don't jump all over the place. More on that in a minute. We'll come right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Arvada West Auto and Truck has been serving all of Western Arvada, Golden, and Wheat Ridge for more than 40 years, and they're proud to keep their customers' vehicles on the road. After starting out as a small gas station, they moved into their current building in 2004 at 11752 West 64th Avenue. Arvada West is a Napa Gold Shop, a designation only a few in the nation receive. And after 40 years of
10: service, Arvada West Auto and Truck achieved the Napa Auto Care Shop of the Year for
4: the Rocky Mountain Division of Napa. They'd be thrilled to welcome you to their family. Stop by or call Arvada West Auto and Truck, 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Question of the day, favorite racing movies. I got a few text messages that have come in. I'll read in a moment as well. Before that, though, I do have another car review I need to get in and do, which this is a car I actually really enjoyed driving. And this is the new Grand Cherokee. So this was not the extended Grand Cherokee, and this is not the Grand Wagoneer. This is the Grand Cherokee. But they've updated it. It's not, it's not the old Grand Cherokee. It's a little larger than what it's been in the past. It is, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, it is by far one of the most... Interior-wise, luxurious vehicles that I've been in in quite some time, and I mean that includes some of the BMWs, Mercedes, and the like. They have done a phenomenal job of the interior of the new Grand Cherokee. Now, this is not for the faint of heart because, as you know, these things are not cheap. You can get them equipped numerous different ways. There's numerous different option packages that they've got for them as well. It is all Jeep through and through, so when you look at one, you know that it's got all of the capabilities that you would find, you know, throughout. So they do start, by the way, in the high 30s, but if you get one, you know, really well equipped, you're going to be, 65, you know, 70k ish by the time you're all done. Now, is it worth it? If you like that mid size, really it's kind of a full size SUV, you could even say, because it's a little larger than what it used to be. And it is a good looking car. I like the way they've done the lines on it, and you get a lot of options in the Grand Cherokee. I love the center stack, the way they've done that. It's got a really nice, bright, easy to navigate center screen, uh, you know. Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, they've done a really great job in that agronomic end of things. And I will tell you that a lot of the other manufacturers could learn from some of what they do in that area. So that part of it works really, really well. I will also tell you this. This is something I noticed right off the bat in driving the vehicle because I've owned some Grand Cherokees in the past. This is by far the quietest Grand Cherokee I've ever been in in my life. There is for a unibody car, you're not a body on frame car, you wouldn't know that it was. It is that quiet inside. Again, it is one of the quietest vehicles I've driven in a very long time. And again, that includes some of the upper end. You know SUV brands in the BMW, Mercedes. You know some of those upper end sure. luxury brands, Genesis, and so on. This thing is right there with the rest of them, huh. and uh, it's a it's a very very nice vehicle. So again, if you're in the market for one of those midsize. Uh, SUVs they make it in the L version, which is longer and has the extra row of seats as well. But I drove just a standard two-row uh, set, which, by the way, for the majority of people would work fine. Very, very luxurious. The 3.6-liter engine, by the way, I w- didn't think I would be a fan of, but they make great horsepower and they work as well as any of the older V8s did. So
5: they're probably in a 10-speed tranny yep, too on that. Yeah, and one
4: gets too. good mileage, low twenties. I mean, again, everything you'd want in this vehicle. It's there. Again, go test drive one at your local Jeep dealer. If you do, tell them. John Richard Rush from Drive Radio and Rush to Reason sent you. Fabulous vehicle. Nice. Have you worked on anything like those lately at all? Not, uh-uh.
5: Mm-hmm. Haven't.
4: Just the older versions? Yeah,
5: just the older versions, yeah. I mean, maintenance-wise, we've done, done sure. a few, but, yeah, you know, get them in, get them out type thing, but uh, just maintenance, but, Yeah.
4: All right. Yep. So, again, folks, go check that out at your local Jeep dealer. Um, back to, and I always should say this when we do these car reviews, uh, this is, believe it or not, they've even talked about how some of the, you know, marketing and the press end of things is probably going to be affected by even some of the lack of vehicles that are in the marketplace. Again, it's one of those reasons why I see some things that a lot of other, you know, I think even folks that are on the outside looking in don't get to see. But when you've got them telling you that we may not even have Vehicles that can be marketed given to journalists because we won't have them. What does that tell you? Because typically we have them even though they may not be on dealer lots, but given where we're at with things, they're even going to be a shortage on the marketing side of the fence, which tells you there's we all know there's shortages out there. So I say all of that to say when it comes to these new vehicles. In some cases, you may be listening to some of these reviews down the road because some of what we're talking about today isn't available to even go buy unless you want to order one and wait. Right. Which, that's an option. Right, exactly. And not a bad one, by the way. Yeah, if you have to have one now, you might be in a bind. Well, um... the best position to be in right now, by the way, is if you have the ability to sell what you have now and not need the vehicle, order a new one and wait, Get your maximum dollar out of whatever you're driving now and wait six months or so for the next vehicle to come in. If you're in that world and you can do that, I would highly recommend that because you will get top dollar out of your car you're driving right now. In some cases, more than you paid for it. And if you can order a new vehicle and not pay huge upticks in price... Right. And by the way, you're probably going to pay sticker price for a car today, usually, even on an order.
5: Usually if you order one, you're not hammered with nope, those things because like they can that, just so. add
4: that into their right. rotation. And exactly. there is some different allocations on dealers when they have an ordered vehicle for a you know, pre-sold versus a for-stock vehicle. Makes so if they sense. can put a customer's name on it, even with a small deposit, yeah. y- typically... You're going to see that before they'd see a stock vehicle show up for the lot. Yeah. And by the way, I, there is articles on this, and I don't think these guys are that far off in this particular end of it. You may see a completely different world when it comes to buying vehicles on down the road in having to do what I just said. In other words, you may not be driving to a lot to buy a vehicle. Right. You yeah. may have to go in, order, wait. And and go through that, that end of it. Again, everything we've been through the last couple of years and even what we're going through right now may very well change some things permanently down the road in the way we've bought vehicles in the past.
5: Yeah, makes sense.
4: Which, again, this is going to continue to put pressure on the used car market and keep that up. Because even if you've got to order a new vehicle and you don't have that ability to just do the swap on Saturdays are big days. I'm looking out here to the west of us, and these are car lots to the west of us, which, as Ken and I look out, used to be you'd look out, and there was a sea of cars. Well, yeah. just There, actual, there were no place to park. You, right, you, you'd exactly. pull in and not even know where to park. I can see raw pavement all over the place looking to the west of me right. at no three stock. different dealers, yeah. by the way. Yeah, no stock on hand.
5: We're, we're looking
4: not at— not, not none,
5: but— what, what do we got? Honda? Honda Acura and— Dodge? Dodge.
4: Is that Dodge? Yeah, that's Dodge okay. over here. Larry okay. Miller used to be. I think they sold. But oh, okay. Anyways, sure. whatever yeah. Larry Miller is. I don't know what it is today. I should or, know I that, think it is Larry Miller. It's still, still Larry Miller. Yeah, I think so it it's Larry Miller. It's Honda. And, and there's Accurate. actually Infiniti's over here to our left as well. And there's Acura. So there's like four different lines of vehicles here. Yeah. And nobody's got And any. nobody has inventory. Right. So, so, folks, what we're saying, and it's not to scare anybody. In fact, what this really means for all of you that are out there listening that are currently driving vehicles. There's probably never been a time in my life in this industry, and I've been in it for since I was 12 years of age. Uh, So I've been in it for a very, very long time, over 40 years, 45, 43 years roughly, I've been in this. Okay? The reality is, I've never seen a time where keeping the vehicle that you own. Up to speed. In other words, making sure that it's fully maintained, ready to go, everything works, and so on. I don't know if there's ever been a time in history that that's needed now more than ever. Right. Am I saying that the right way, Ken? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it used to be you could just, if you didn't like it, trade off, go buy another one. Yeah, right. Yeah. If you're didn't in, matter. That, in that position, you can just right. go get a new one. You, you could. You can't do that now, right. folks. Exactly. Even if you've got resources. Yeah. Unless those resources are pulling strings to get you a car that's not anywhere in the system... Spending that extra 50K? (laughs) I mean, folks, they're telling us as a fleet operator that if we order vehicles today, we might see them by the end of the year. Wow. This is almost March. Yeah. Nine months. Mm -hmm. We might see them by the end of the year. that's a might. Yeah. Yeah, that's a might. Not not a for sure. Right. So, again... We're not trying to scare you. What I'm trying to get you guys to do is realize that you need to make sure your vehicle is maintained and up to speed because replacing it is not only going to be very difficult to even find, but it's going to cost you if you do. Yes, your vehicle is worth more, but the new ones are also selling for over sticker. So just keep all that... In, in mind and again we got another full hour we'll talk more about this question of the day what is your favorite racing movie and no it doesn't have to just be cars but if you got questions for us please call 303-477-5600 ken and i'll be right back this is drive radio klz 560
1: still haven't had enough go to drive-radio.com email your questions and comments download previous programs and find lots of useful information including your nearest colorado select auto care center That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.